We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Because he's the creator, he has the right to set the standard by which his creation has to live by. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 20 today, and I entitled this message, God's Law. I think it's safe to say that we live in a world that is desperate in many ways. We're surrounded with evil all in our presence. We live with civil and social unrest. We have senseless murders that are off the hook. Violence is escalating in almost every category. We have more division among us now in America than ever. And there's no end in sight to the out-of-control record inflation we're experiencing. It seems like so many things are wrong and broken in our country today. Our country is being torn apart on multiple issues from abortion, to lifestyle choices. Many used to cry for tolerance. 20 years ago, people living in alternative lifestyles were crying for tolerance for their lifestyle, that they would be accepted for the choices that they made. Yet now, those same people who cried for tolerance are the least tolerant of those who would disagree with their lifestyle choices. Now, if you have a different opinion, Uh, You're regarded now as considered a person of a spreader of disinformation. Now, everything that is not flowing with the masses is all considered disinformation. It's crazy to say the least. But how in the world did we get to the place that we're at here today? How could so many people have lost touch with reality? Well, it all started when people abandoned truth here in America. The reality is this. If people have no base or standard for what is true, then truth is left up to whatever each individual considers to be true. So my truth could be different from your truth, which is different from someone else's truth. It's all different. This is where our country has landed now. This is why everything has to be politically correct, meaning now everything that is spoken can offend someone. So you have to be careful in what you say, where no one's opinion will judge anyone else, where nothing said will discriminate, where everything said will be unbiased where everything said and done will not cause anyone to feel left out 
are judged in any way. Again, it's liberalism that is running off the tracks. Yes, this promotes tolerance of any choice and any lifestyle that anyone wants to have. And though it all sounds nice to certain people, why is it taking such a toll on the culture that we live in? And why are we at this crossroads in the first place in America? Well, we're here at this crossroads because America has abandoned the truth that God has established. That's why we're here. So with that as a backdrop, as we continue in our study through the book of Exodus, we will embark on a study again within a study. You could say we will look at the law of God, the Ten Commandments that God established for all of humanity to live by. We will look at what it is. We will look at what the Ten Commandments are for. We will look at why we need the Ten Commandments and the benefits that come to those that embrace the Ten Commandments. For we live again in a day when most will embrace any absolute truth. They have, you know, more respect for, you know, the environment. And many people have more respect for animals than they do for the one who created the environment and the one who created the animals. Even in many churches today, truth from God's word is no longer taught. In the church today, the truth is no longer embraced or instructed in many churches today. Maybe the majority of churches. I don't know what that percentage is. 60, 70% of churches today will not teach the unabashed truth of God's word. That's, again, why we are in the place that we are here today. And where does that leave the people? Where does that leave people here today? It leads us to figure out then what we think is right in our own eyes. Now, one of the darkest times in the Old Testament was at the end of the book of Judges. If you go to the last chapter and the last verse, it says that the people did whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. And where did that leave them? In a complete disaster zone. Or somehow people will embrace what their own moral balance should be. But many times people are far more interested in just finding themselves anyway than they are in finding the truth in what God has already established. Now Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse, that's when his disciples came up to him and asked him personally, Lord, what is going to be the sign of the times? Like, how are we going to know when the end of time is at hand for all humanity? And Jesus said to them in Matthew 24, 12, he says that lawlessness would increase. And because lawlessness has come off the hooks, he says because of that, most people's love will grow cold. And isn't that what we're seeing today? People are becoming more and more callous. The hearts of people are growing cold. Why? Because you can only hear about the most heinous crimes so much in life, and it just doesn't affect you anymore. I mean, we have a wife that kills her husband. We have a husband that kills his wife. We have a mother that kills her kids. I mean, after a while, you're just like, you know, I've heard about it so much. It's like, it doesn't even make any sense to me anymore. I don't even think about it anymore. Oh, 30 people were killed in, you know, Chicago again. It's like, you know, like whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you hear so many heinous crimes that you just don't even, you just grow cold to it all. You become callous. You know, there's a civil unrest is what the result is when people have abandoned truth. 
as men and women are now, you know, bent on just pleasing themselves. Authority is now openly ridiculed. We have no respect for the police anymore. It's like, no, but they're all a bunch of racists. You know, it's like, it's like, wait a second, what has happened? You have parents that will not discipline their children. You know, so what, what's the result of that? Parents say, well, I don't want to discipline my child because I love them and I don't want to ever raise my voice to them or spank them or anything. But yet your children are completely unruly and extremely rebellious. Yes, Again, people have completely disregarded what God tells us in his word. The Bible instructs us on how to live every aspect of life. Proverbs 13, 24 says that if we don't discipline our children, we actually hate them. What? That doesn't make any sense. It makes all the sense in the world. If you continue to give your children and spoil them rotten, you're enabling them to do what's wrong instead of teaching them to do what's right. We must remember, for us as Christians, the supreme test of the love that we profess to God is shown in our desire and effort to please our maker. God says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So why did God give us the commandments in the first place? Since so many people just blow them off. You know, why did God spell out so clearly for us in his word his law, his statutes, and again, those commandments. It's because he wanted humanity to clearly know what is right and what is wrong. So let's read the law of God as we read together in Exodus chapter 20, picking up in verse 1. It says, Then God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So here's the first commandment. Verse 3, You shall have no other gods before me. Well, there is no other gods, but people will worship anything under the sun. But he says, You'll have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Verse 4, Here's the second commandment. You shall not make for yourself any idol in the likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the water or under the earth. And you, uh, you shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, verse 7, here's the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, you know, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Verse 8, remember, this is the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your all of your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. And in it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who is staying with you. He says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay, here's the fifth commandment of the 10 commandments. Verse 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God has given to you. Here's the sixth commandment. Verse 13, you shall not murder. 
The seventh commandment, you shall not commit adultery. The eighth commandment, you shall not steal. The ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And finally, the tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, nor shall you covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant. And one thing that you might be struggling with here, you shall not covet his ox or his donkey. Okay, just making sure you knew that. Or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All right, well, we'll stop there for a moment. Yes, God has not only established a law for you and me to live by, but he's also recorded it down so that all humanity is now responsible for knowing it. Some people say, well, I never read the Bible. Well, you should, because God's going to hold you responsible for the commandments and what he says, because that's why he's given it to us. Again, that's why God recorded it. And he has the final authority to say what is right and what is wrong. But some people will say, well, wait a second. You know, why does God get to establish what's right and wrong for me? I'm my own person. I can do whatever I want. So why does God have that right to establish a moral code in which we all have to live by? Well, this is why. Because he's the creator. How about that? He's the one who made you and me. He created all things that are seen and unseen, the vastness of every galaxy, of everything that's made of every star. He created it all, all mass, everything known and everything that's still unknown. And for that very reason, we are all subject to him and the law that God has established. You know, we know the law of God, some of us, and some of us say we don't know the law of God, but yet, no, we all know the law of God, and this is why, because according to Romans chapter 2, every single man and woman has been given a conscience, now this isn't Jiminy Cricket as you know, but he's given us all a conscience, and our conscience tells us when we violate the law of God, for God has also written his word, the Bible says, on the fleshly tablets of our hearts, of every human being. And again, people will say, I don't believe in God. I've never read the Bible. I don't have his word on my heart. Uh, actually, you do. Every single one of us do. And if our own conscience will remind us, and it's a witness against us, when we break the law of God. And every one of us knows when that happens. Although some people will say, I don't know. I don't believe in God. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. But let me tell you why you know. Because our very conscience that God has given to every person confirms it. It's like when we steal something, we discover the law of God speaking to us in our inner being. And all of a sudden, we're guilty because we know it. That's why when you're stealing a thing, you're looking to the left, you're looking to the right, and you're, you, know, you stash the thing, you, however you steal it, you, you wrap it up, you shove it in your purse, whatever you do, it's like you know it's wrong. And there's an immediate guilt that wraps around it. And then you're hoping that you don't get caught. Why? Because your conscience confirms the eighth commandment, thou shall not steal. See, we're convinced inside, and we know that we're guilty. Why? Because God wrote it upon our hearts. Again, our conscience informed us of that, that we broke God's law. Now, as you know, we can callous over our conscience if we want to. 
I've worked in construction in 27 years. I've been in the ministry full time, but I still have calluses on my hands. And, you know, calluses are cool because if you start working in construction and you're not used to swinging a hammer or a particular tool, you get a blister, a big old fat blister. And you girls know this too. You know, it's like when you get the new pair of sandals, yes, I got new sandals. And then you put your sandals on and all of a sudden those sandals are digging into your feet, your heels, and you have to put band-aids on. You're like, oh, I hate these sandals, but I love these sandals. And it's like they're pain at first. And then what happens? The blister kind of goes away, and then it starts toughening up, and then all of a sudden your sandals break in a little bit, and then all of a sudden you don't need band-aids anymore. Why? Because you got a callus now. And so calluses are good in your body when you need them because you don't get blisters anymore. But callusing your heart is not good. It's the worst thing that could happen when you callus your own heart. Because then all of a sudden, you desensitize yourself. Now, how could you know if you have a calloused heart or not? Well, if you break or you're living in sin, some area that you know is wrong in the Bible, and you live in that area and you no longer feel guilt or shame because of that area, you have calloused your heart. See, one day you might say, you know, I don't even feel bad about that thing anymore. I used to feel bad all the time. And now I don't feel bad at all. This is great. No more guilt. Uh, excuse me. This is the worst thing could ever happen to you. Because in reality, now you're heading down a horrific path of rebellion towards God. Which leads to a place of a reprobate heart. Now, a reprobate heart, what is that? Some might ask. That's a heart that's beyond repentance. It's not that God doesn't desire or could still forgive you, but a a reprobate heart is on your end where that you will no longer desire to be forgiven. A reprobate heart is where you don't even care anymore and you don't care to walk with God anymore. So you have to be careful because there are plenty of churches out there that have watered God's word down to the point that you can be a person who has calloused their heart. You're continually living in sin and you can go to a church that doesn't teach the truth of God's word. And so they've watered it down and you can think, I go to church every Sunday. I'm a good person. I carry my Bible. I work in one of the ministries there. I help out. I give a good offering in the offering plate. And so you can come away with the fact that I'm good with God while ignoring the law of God. All that you have accomplished is this for yourself. You have created for yourself a false sense of security that somehow you're good with God and you're actually not. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 22? It was in the Sermon on the Mount. And he talked about people that is this person we're talking about, a person with a callous heart, a reprobate heart. And it's like, oh, I went to church and I did all of this. And Jesus, I helped build the wings in the church. And I helped in this and I helped in that. And I did this for you. And Jesus looks at that person and says, I never knew you. Could you imagine hearing that? Could you imagine standing in heaven? These are people that have taken on a lifestyle or they're living in some you know, immorality or some sexual sin or whatever, and they found a church that never confronts them on that sin, and they're living in it, and they think everything's good with God because I'm going to church on Sunday, and all of a sudden you get to heaven and Jesus is like, uh, excuse me, I don't know who you are. 
I don't have a relationship with you. Depart from me, you cursed creature. Yes, God is the creator. He is the architect of all things. So therefore, because he's the creator, he has the right to set the standard by which his creation has to live by. Is that a hard principle for you to understand? I mean, it's just like I've used this analogy before. You know, we have an iPhone. iPhone costs like 800 bucks. It's like, okay, now what if I pick up my iPhone and I want to call my friend, you know, in Glendale, and it dials me to Ibakistan. It's like, what the heck is, who's this? Oh, you know, Raphael in Ibakistan. You know, it's like, well, I didn't call you. Well, your phone called me. It's like, what if my iPhone started doing everything I didn't want it to do? Like, wait a minute, I want you to serve me. I want you to deliver my text messages. I want you to give me my emails. I want you to call who I want you to call. But if my phone starts doing its own thing, it's like, well, I'm going to chuck the phone. I I need a phone that will do what I want it to do. See, this is a created thing that we use. We are all part of God's creation. He has every single right to tell us, what is right and what is wrong and how we're to live. Our hearts beat in our chest because he made it so. Our lungs are breathing in air and excelling air. Why? Because God made it so. So that's why God wrote down in his word what is right and wrong. If he didn't, then humanity would do what? Well, well, I didn't know that. I mean, do we not already do that? Your boss comes in, hey, what's going on here? You're supposed to do this. And you're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to turn on the light when I came in. No one told me that. I didn't know. I mean, how many times have we said that already? I had no clue that was wrong. So God says, all right, I know how humanity is. So God clearly spells it out in the Bible. And it's not just the Ten Commandments. That's just a summary. The Ten Commandments is like a brief description of God's law that covers a lot of the main points of our day in and day out living. But all the details of God's law are written in the Torah, the Pentateuch, the law of God, written through the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's where God contains all all of the law, especially in the books of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. For the whole law is summed up in not 10 commandments. It's 613 commandments. Now, a lot of those were dietary things and things that were for the priests and how the priests should operate, but still, there's hundreds of laws for you and me. Yes, the Torah or the law defines, instructs, teaches God's statutes and decrees. The Ten Commandments, again, is a refined essence of the law. Jesus affirmed the law of God in the Sermon on the Mount. It's like Jesus said, look, you need to hear and understand and live by the law of God. Paul affirmed the law throughout the book of Romans, as does the rest of the New Testament. And let's not forget, the law's author, again, is who? Who is the author of the law? It's God himself. He wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets of stone with his own finger into tablets of stone. Then the rest of the law recorded in the Torah, God spoke personally to Moses, directly through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Just like we're told in 2 Peter 1.20, he says, But know this, first of all, 
that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. But men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. Understand, God puts all the emphasis on his written word. Why? Because God is the divine author. God is the divine originator. God is a divine producer of the Bible that we hold in our hands today. That's why it's endured the test of time. Yes, God, through the Holy Spirit, spoke to men whom God allowed to use their own personalities through their own thought processes and their vocabulary to compose a record without error the exact words that God wanted written. That's why the word of God is inherent, meaning it's incapable of being wrong. It's literally inspired by God or God breathed. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034.